You watch those nature documentaries on the cable? Yeah. You see the one about lions? Yeah. Look at this lion. He's the king of the jungle. Huge mane out there. He's laying down under a tree in the middle of Africa. He's so big. He's so hot. He doesn't want to move. Now, the little lion cubs, they start messing with him. Biting his tail, biting his ears. He doesn't do anything. The lioness, she starts messing with him. Coming over, making trouble. Still, nothing. Now, the other animals, they notice this. And they start to move in. The jackals. Hyenas. They're barking at him, laughing at him. They nip his toes and eat the food that's in his domain. They do this and they get closer and closer and bolder and bolder till one day that lion gets up and tears the shit out of everybody, runs like the wind, eats everything in his path. Because every once in a while, the lion has to show the jackals who he is. It's too late to be scared. It's time to kill. I'm going to the other room. You come out when you're ready. Don't beat him. Kick his ass. You are listening to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. Expand your mind and keep it love. The world is as you choose to see it, completely free of your circumstances. The project is you. Improve your inner world, improve your life. Conor McGregor is displaying traits of a stoic mindset, whether it be consciously or not. And some of the greatest minds and philosophers of all times, such as Seneca and the Emperor Marcus Aurelius, were all known for adapting a stoic mindset. You have the utmost free will in any circumstance, regardless of what your emotions might tell you. You have a lot more control of what is going on than you realize. You are in charge and have the ability to create the life you want. That's, I, knew, I, knew, I knew what was going to happen. I knew I was going to get here. They didn't. There's a lot of stressful years. You know what I mean? A lot of tough times. Um, but I proved them wrong. I proved myself right. This is episode 161, and I'm your host, Miguel. The episode today is going to be about an MMA fighter champion from Dublin, Ireland, by the name of Conor McGregor. If you haven't heard that name before, I suggest you kind of get up on current events, even if you're not a fight fan. The guy's epic. So we're going to get into two aspects of Conor McGregor's mindset. One is Conor McGregor the Stoic, whether involuntary or not, he just practices Stoicism. And the other is his implementation of Conor McGregor's implementation of the 48 Laws of Power, written by the author Robert Greene. It's a classic. So we're going to hop right into two clips that uh, I have aggregated together. And again, this episode is Fair Use Creative Commons License. So let's get into it. And a quick side note and YouTube recommendation is a channel by the name of My Self-Reliance on YouTube. I'm going to put a link in the description of my website, which is alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com. This, this guy on My Self-Reliance YouTube channel, 
there's a link where he says, a man in the wilderness alone for two years, I believe it is. And it kind of blew me away, you know. So, yeah, it's relaxing, fulfilling. The way this guy works, man, I was watching this video and this guy built a cabin by himself and he's got this uh, retriever dog with him and that's his best buddy. And this guy was working so hard by himself that I ended up going outside and cleaning out my whole garage, repairing the roof on the garage, you know, building. (laughs) I just went on a rant for like two weeks straight, just working my butt off, man, just getting all kind of stuff done. I said, look at this guy and I'm sitting over here, you know, eating Cheetos. So yeah, check out My Self-Reliance on YouTube. And like I said, there's going to be a link in the description, alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com. So go check it out. Also on YouTube, check out uh, a channel, Quantum of Conscience, which is a guy by the name of Matt Quantum of Conscience. First lesson to develop a successful stoic mindset is to want what you already have. It's about realizing that the solution to your unhappy life is right in front of you. Focus on being content on where you are and what you already have. I want this. I want it. I want it. I want to do this. I want to do that. But the vibe you're putting out is want. You're always going to want. I always have the attitude that I have. And I always, again, I always felt like I was the black belt walking in there. You know what I mean? I always felt like I was the world champion. I always felt like I already could do everything. I was only telling you about the sofa the other day. I was wrong. Got the rental walking around, <clears throat> walking around like I was a fucking pro. You know what I mean? But I don't, I don't want anything. I have everything. That, that's a mindset I mean, I have everything. This is a powerful concept and goes against the popular belief and materialistic thinking. Learn to appreciate what you already have. You've lived so long with it already, and it hasn't made you unhappy or unable to Just live. Appreciating the surroundings, I think it's important that you put a conscious. Uh, conscious effort into appreciating your surroundings, you know what I mean? That's what I do with this place. I absolutely love this city. And even, you know what? I was thinking a lot about Norman Park the other, yesterday after that thing happened, where he was saying about Northern Ireland and they, it's a disgrace and it's this and it's that. It's, it's a negative thing towards your home mm. nation or, or whatever, you know, but that's not the right way to be. You need to have a, you know, you need to appreciate your surroundings and be grateful for it and, and that's when good things happen, you know what I mean? But to have that bitterness and that negativity, then then things start going bad, you know what I mean? So I, I think the fact that I have them thoughts and that, the fact that I, I appreciate everything and I'm grateful for, for, for the things around me and that the way things are going, that is why, that's why it's going so good for me. So the first, first lesson of stoicism is to never take anything for granted and don't root your sense of happiness in possessions or achievements. Wanting to have what you already have will make you more grateful and happy on a daily basis. Everything that happens in the world is neutral. All the events has a different effect on everyone, so the natural conclusion is that events are neutral. Your own reaction and perception of the event is what causes your unhappiness. They said they were embarrassed. They were embarrassed or whatever. I don't give a shit about that. It was a spectacle. Everyone there was enjoying it. At the end of the day, when I went to Rio, they were threatening my life. They were they were saying crazy. The guy that was translating things to me couldn't actually speak them out loud on the mic because they were that bad. But I didn't give a shit about that. It's all part of the business. No matter how you react to an event or situation, the facts will remain the same. Instead of overreacting over the fact that you were powerless to stop the situation from happening, focus on what you can control. Realize that everything is neutral. I had a hell of a lot more wrong with me than a bruised rib. And I still showed up. I prepared for this camp, essentially, 
in the physical therapist realm. Practice separation. To practice separation and effectively handle the sources of helplessness and stress, separate your life into two buckets, things you can control and things you cannot. annoyed that you have to be here 11 days before your fight. Is it my favorite thing? No, it's not, but I, it is what it is. I've I done it in Boston. I've done it. It's, it seems to be normal occurrence for me now. Maybe my next contract I might negotiate a little bit better. But, I, you know, once I'm here, I enjoy it, to be honest, you know. It, is it ideal? It's not, but we get on with it. Improvise, adapt, and overcome. That's, that's something I say to myself daily, and this is just something else that we, we adapt to and we overcome. You will have a greater probability of success if you don't waste time worrying about or tweaking things you cannot control, but spend that energy on things you can control. Ask yourself, will any amount of worrying change an outcome you cannot control? You can't control the weather, the economy, or other people's opinions of you. Now that I'm co too cocky or something, I don't know. I don't again. I don't pay attention to that. I have my. There's only a certain people who are a certain group who I listen to, and I don't listen to no one else. I don't hear about nothing else. I don't. I don't want to hear about nothing else. If someone starts trying to tell me about something, like don't tell. I don't want to. I don't need to hear that shit. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> so I don't really give a shit what what people think. So Turning the obstacle person. upside down. Adapting a stoic mindset is particularly helpful when battling the obstacles we face in our lives. Defeat negative judgment and turn the obstacle around. Train yourself to avoid judging events as purely good or bad. Realize you can turn any obstacle upside down to suit your purposes. It's like that, you know, it stings, it stings real bad, but this is the fight business. I've been on the end of many defeats in my, in my life and I've rose back, so I will not shy away from it. Um, I will not make excuses for it, I will assess it and then uh, come back. Seek to interpret things that you would normally consider negative as positive opportunities. This is a philosophical exercise that Stoics constantly engage in and the most practical effect is enabling the thinker to become immune to negative emotional spirals. I actually enjoyed, I enjoyed the fact that the shots I enjoyed the fact that a person could take the shots and keep coming. He kept his composure. He went into almost autopilot mode with the shots. His face was bust up and I went into panic mode. There was just a shift of energy and he capitalized on it. I think with a bit of adjustment and a recognition that the, the heavier man can take, it must take more than one, more than two, more than three to put the, the heavier man away. Um, I think if I can win with that mindset at a heavier weight, um, I, I will do fine again. Instead, they've made a habit to force alternative thought patterns to gain perspective and become able to rationally move forward. This mentality can be applied to all negative events. See the negative events as an opportunity to practice inner strength, calm, control and level-headedness. The more you turn the obstacle upside down, the more you'll realize that there is no such thing as good or bad. There's only your perception of it, and you decide how to I deal with it. I can't do it. I have, no, I have no emotion, good or bad. So for me to hear that he was hating, uh, he re I've never hated a guy right. so much. That was weird to me. Assume voluntary discomfort. This is one of the central mindsets that may have the biggest impact on your daily life. It's about making your life artificially difficult and uncomfortable for a set period of time in order to gain the perspective that you've tried hard to avoid. The more 
you seek the uncomfortable, the more you will become comfortable. So actively seek to make life difficult for yourself. Dissatisfaction in our daily lives is the result of a certain level of entitlement. We just expect things to run smoothly. This is the type of mindset that will spiral you into being upset because your toast is a bit burnt or that your coffee is too cold. One thing that I noticed with other people, maybe when they start getting a taste of the good, the finer things, that's when comfort sets in. But for me, I almost get more uncomfortable the more good things come in because I, I must push on and continue and get more. I must, it must be constant. According to the Stoic philosophy, just because you can afford yourself a nice meal every single day doesn't mean you should do so. In fact, you're better off if you skip a few meals from time to time just to experience hunger. It builds perseverance and grit, but more importantly, it demolishes the sense of entitlement that chips away at your daily happiness. The great Stoic philosopher Seneca emphasized the importance of this and remarked that your fears will melt away because anxiety and fear is often based in ignorance and uncertainty. So by experiencing discomfort, you will walk away stronger by realizing that you experienced what you dreaded and suffered no ill effects from it. Emotions are created internally. Emotions come solely from within and are created completely by your choice. Everything that happens in the world is neutral. Bad or good doesn't exist in external sources. It logically flows that all emotions come from within. What we tell ourselves is what creates our feelings. And there was a girl sitting right there and I just turned around, she's bawling, crying. Like literally in tears, crying. Like I was, like I was something from uh, One Direction or something. <laughs> so it's, good, it's, a good, it's a good feeling, you know what I mean? So I, I, I tell myself it's a good feeling and it is a good feeling. We are blank slates, but it's human nature to blame other people, excuse ourselves or dodge responsibility. When you feel resistance regarding an obstacle in your life, don't look at the things happening outside of you. Focus instead on what happens inside, how you frame that issue in your mind. It's a fight at the end. It doesn't matter who. There is no opponent. There's no Jose Aldo. Who is Jose Aldo? There's no no one. You're against yourself. You know what I mean? You're against yourself. And, uh, and I just feel like I'm able to beat myself. You know what I mean? I can, I can beat me my... Remember that you're always in control and nobody can put beliefs in your mind. Care less. The last lesson in Stoicism is simply to care well, less. I don't really care, you know. The whole, the, whole, the whole division can hate me. The whole roster can hate me. The whole of America can hate me. I only need one American to love me. And that's Mr. Benjamin Franklin. As long as he loves me, I am good. Don't ignore everything that's going on in your life. But stop caring about the things you cannot control. Who knows? But um, as, I mean, has any? I don't really feel anything changes. I mean, it's, it's just essentially it's just like a fight. You know, someone wins, someone loses, and then you wake up, and then the day is everyone's life carries on. It seems like the biggest, most important thing at that moment in time. But then you wake up, and the day just carries on, and it's it's the same. So free up your internal resources to focus your time and mental energy on things that truly matter. Actually, it's similar to what I'm involved in, in, in a way, but as far as conniving and this, this, uh, the vice of or, or, or anything like that, I, I haven't seen anything like that, so I cannot comment on that. I, I do not know. Okay, I, gotcha. I, I also do not care. <laughs> You're focused on a fight. The most precious asset is not money, but time. 
You can always earn money back, but once a single minute of your life has passed, it's gone forever. You used to just fight our way up and eventually you put in the performances, you put in the work, you put in the hours and the UFC brass take note and then, and then you get the call up to the big show. And don't spend your time worrying about external forces that are out of your control. A stoic mindset urges you to live as you want right now. It's all within your control, so make a decision and choose to have a better life now. Conor McGregor, congratulations. Yes. It's been an honor yes, calling your fight, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. You're, you're welcome. So I watch MMA from time to time and have been very intrigued by this Conor McGregor phenomenon. And what I've realized is that Conor McGregor must be very proficient at the laws of power. Whether it's conscious or unconscious, I'm not sure. But I'm going to break down the laws of power he uses and give you examples. So let's get into it. Law 6. Court attention at all cost. The first thing you would notice when you look at Conor McGregor is that he stands out. Other fighters go out of their way to blend in. They wear their generic tap-out t-shirts, their generic sponsored shorts, or whatever the hell they wear to training, and they wear that to these press conferences. Conor McGregor is different. He dresses to create an effect. Everything's been placed together to connotate this idea of, fuck you, I don't give a fuck. He wears high-end clothes on purpose. He wears the Versace t-shirts or the Gucci suits, the shoes, Cartier glasses, all these things to create an image that stands or sticks in your mind. When you look at him and you look at these other fighters in the press conference, you're going to remember him because he's different. We always remember things that are different. So he's used that and leveraged that point to get himself into the eye of the mainstream. He's used his over-the-top attitude, his confidence, braggadociousness, everything to make him stand out. And it's rewarding him greatly. Law 16. Use absence to increase respect and honor. At the peak of his career, Conor McGregor became the first UFC double champ. He secured the belt in two different weight divisions, right? And that's when he told the world that he was going to take some time off. He said he was going to take some time off because he was anticipating the birth of his son. Now, I personally don't think this was the only reason he was taking time off. I think it's because of this law of power. When you withdraw from the public eye, once you've already established yourself, you increase your worth. People start talking about you. He held the UFC under siege because... Here he was at the peak, the double champ. Everyone's talking about it. Crazy performance. And then he just fucks off. It's all calculated. It increases value dramatically. That's the interesting thing about human nature. We always want things once they're more scarce. When things are limited edition, when things are running out, that's when we want them more. So he leveraged that point to increase his value and gain more popularity. Law 31, control the options. Get others to play with the cards you deal. Peter, grab me one, let me see what it look like. See if this bitch wanna bet this. Do what you're told, bitch. Do what you're told, bitch. If you just watched that video, you notice that Floyd got one of his guys to bring a bag from him and corner snaps and says, do what you're told, bitch. What this does is it puts Floyd and his guy in an interesting predicament. If the guy listens to Connor's remark and decides to ignore it and not bring the bag to Floyd, 
it looks bad on Floyd. It looks like the guy, his own guy, is disrespecting him. If the guy listens to Connor and brings them back to Floyd, it looks like he's taking Connor's orders as if Connor's his superior. So regardless of which decision he makes, Connor wins. And that is a law of power. Put all the cards in your favor. Make each decision benefit you. Law 29. Plan all the way to the end. I feel I will KO him inside one. If he makes that walk and if he is in the octagon, I feel every single every single movement I make will get an overreaction off of him because he's emotionally invested in it. There's too much in it for him. That's what I see the fight playing now. I feel him overreacting, overextending, and then being KO'd unconscious. Here we go! Green trunks for the Southpaw, the notorious Conor McGregor. Black trunks for the champion, Jose Aldo Jr. Planning all the way to the end is a law of power. It is one that many people don't take advantage of, but Connor obviously does, to the point where he's been called Mystic Mac due to his uncanny ability to predict events, such as the way he's going to win fights, which round is going to end, and things of that nature. In reality, it has nothing to do with mysticism. It has everything to do with his planning. When he fights an opponent, he studies the opponent. He studies how the opponent has fought in the end. He tries to gain the mind of the opponent. Everything is strategic to get the end result that he wants. Even in regards to the whole Floyd Mayweather boxing thing, he got his boxing license. He left UFC when he had enough heat to be able to negotiate such a deal with UFC because they needed him. So everything has to do with planning. Because of his ability to plan all the way to the end, he has now gotten himself into this $100 million fight in in something he probably should not even be stepping into, a boxing match, since he's not a professional boxer. But he's managed to get himself into that position, set himself for life, and you can bet belie- best believe that he has something planned for after this. Law 28 interaction with boldness. Chad Mendez now will fight Conor McGregor for the interim belt. How do you think you match up with Chad? I'm gonna demolish him. I'm gonna rip his head off. This law is probably the most used by Conor. He enters everything with boldness. Now why would anyone enter action with boldness. The reason you act this way is to exude this idea of supreme confidence. This idea of supreme confidence is not seen often by people. Generally people are not overly confident in their abilities so it scares the opponent away. It makes them doubt their own confidence because they're not that confident about it. Now the trick about this is you don't literally have to believe this confidence that you're exuding you just have to show you have to display it enough to scare off someone or to get into someone's head that's what Conor does very well he exudes confidence by telling the person that they're gonna he's gonna knock them out in this round that he's gonna beat them that he's gonna do all these things to fuck with them just think of nature when you look outside and you see a small bird chasing a big bird this is because of entering action with boldness if some one who was physically smaller than you was to try and fight you, chances are nine times out of 10, you'll try back off, especially if they're supremely confident about it. 
just because you don't know what they know. You don't know if they have something up their sleeve that you are unaware of. Why else would they be so confident? It's deceit and it's a law of power. If you're a student of philosophy, really put it to the test and say, you know, this philosophy has a lot of value to it and this is kind of fugazi and it really doesn't do that much. It's, yes, it's all relative speaking, but there's a, a certain line that's drawn in the sand and that's when it comes to, let's say, uh, MMA fighters and samurai warriors. Reason being, their life can depend on the philosophy that they practice, right? So that's that's really one of the critical litmus tests of a philosophy to see the crystal clearness of it, you know, because you have some people that follow, you know, polka dots and moonbeams uh, while contemplating on their navel, and others take it to task as far as really coming up with the samurai slash MMA warrior philosophy. Really, to sum it up, you can just basically put it, uh, to quote Marcus Aurelius, the obstacle is the way. Know and understand the things that you have control over and the things that you don't. Uh, don't put any effort to the things that you have no control over and apply all of your resources to the things that you do have control over. Common sense or Stoicism 101. And it's really interesting because um, these are actually some YouTube, cl YouTube clips, but you can actually see clips of Connor before he was, you know, the notorious Connor McGregor and when he was basically just coming up out of amateurs into professional fighting. And the mindset that he had back then is exactly the mindset that he has now. It wasn't diluted or changed or augmented by his fame. I mean, when you have that type of mindset, you're basically unstoppable. So these are clips of him before all the championship belts, the notoriety, the money, the fame, the, uh, the whiskey brand. And just as a side note, I, I really love the way Connor reps his, his people, you know, Dublin and Ireland. I mean, I'm Puerto Rican, but I'm, I feel that shit. Like, you know, when a man stands up for his people and just lays it out there like that, you just got to do nothing but respect that. That's some real alpha shit. Shout out to Dublin, Ireland. So again, one of the reasons why when I put out content, I put it out on so many different like interdisciplinary topics like history, philosophy, strategy is because of the fact that it's critical that you employ this type of discipline and this type of thinking, this type of mindset, right? Because the duty of a self-actualized man is to acquire as many critical pieces of the puzzle called life as quickly as possible. The mastery of life is knowing how to fit these pieces of the puzzle together in the moment in order to overcome the resistance presented in front of you. I didn't quote anybody. That's my own, uh, <laughs> that's my own quote. And Connor really says it here. People always focus on what they want. Instead, you should focus on being fulfilled in the present moment and wanting what you already have with gratitude. That's deep. He said, wanting what you already have. Reflect on that for a second. And I guess another interpretation of this would be the quote from the book, The Superior Man, by the author David Dida. I did an episode on that. That was episode 154, where the author states, Stop hoping for a completion of anything in life. Most men make the error that one day it will all be done. If I can work hard enough, then one day I can rest. That's another one you really got to reflect on because 
There are people that live lives of silent desperation where they're just waiting for this opportunity, waiting for this timing, waiting to be accepted. And that moment never comes. And in essence, they end up living a life that's really unfulfilled and just kind of like a big question mark. So don't live in that way. Live in the moment and carpe diem, seize the day and, and see what's in front of you and maximize on that. Whether you you know, get ahead or whether you fail, you know, when you fail, it's only a practice shot to get it right the next time. As they say, you get knocked down 10 times and you get up 11. All events in life are neutral and the true catalyst which determines outcome is having the proper mindset. Uh, An example, let's say you're looking at a planetary system far off in space and the planets are rotating counterclockwise and you say to yourself, oh, this must be a bad omen. You know, those planets, they're rotating kind of clockwise, which for whatever reason, you're in your head, I've heard people say stuff in your head that, you know, that's a bad omen or it's bad. But you need to realize it's only perspective because from where your perspective, your position, your view is at that planetary solar system, it's rotating counterclockwise. But if you took a perspective from directly across the galaxy, on the other side of you, so picture a circle and just go to the other side directly across from you, cut, cut the radius across to the other side. Looking at that same galaxy, it's going to be rotating clockwise. So it all has to do with perspective and how you view the world. Or in this instance, view the solar system. It's the observer, not the observed. As it says, all things are neutral. It's just how you perceive them and how you deal with the, that perception and that neutrality, you know. Another quote that... Uh, Connor said, which I really loved, and I don't know if I heard it before, but it's improvise, adapt, and overcome. That basically explains itself. Again, turning the obstacle upside down. That's kind of advanced shit, and the guy gets into it in this, uh, you know, in this sound clip. So, yeah, so it's very, very important to turn the obstacle upside down. Again, perspective. Gets into voluntary discomfort. The other thing is you have to be very aware of comfort because with comfort comes equals, equal parts of building you up and the potential to destroy you and break you back down. Think about that. It's how you perceive it because if you get too high on success or comfort and fluffy slippers and cozy, that's a danger zone right there. You kind of want to you know, enjoy it for a minute and then bring yourself back down to base level and proceed. That you have to live a life of suffering. But understand in a moment of suffering that there is comfort coming up. And when you're in comfort, there's a moment of defeat or discomfort coming up also. And just be aware of that and the neutrality of nature and the way things are, you know. And your input and how you deal with those obstacles. You know, like I, like I said in the beginning, the obstacle is the way. Marcus Aurelius. A really huge one, and it's really huge these days, is... Uh, a sense of entitlement, that's that's immediate death right there. That's something you definitely cannot have at any given point, you know, is a sense of entitlement because that's just, you know, sitting under the covers, uh, you know, nibbling on like little cheese nuggets and, you know, all snuggy and everything like that while, you know, disaster is just imminent right upon you because you're not paying attention. You're relishing too much in comfort. And this is one of the most badass quotes uh, I've ever heard. And uh, Connor here says, I don't care if Americans hate me. I only need one American to love me. And that American is Mr. Benjamin Franklin. As long as he loves me, I'm good. 
that's some gangster shit. So now we get into the 48 Laws of Power. Uh, and kind of gets into, uh, well, not kind of, but the speaker gets into uh, law number six. Qu- court attention at all costs. That, that's kind of a self-explanatory. And as a result of him doing that, he ended up making $100 million fighting Floyd Mayweather. The fight was okay. It was cool. I mean, surprisingly, kind of handled his, his business in the ring like a pro, like a pro boxer, which was which was impressive, man. But the, the bottom line in that is he walked away with $100 million, man, set for life. You know, you could say talking shit, but, yo, the, the man, I have to give him the credit on this, is he, he does deliver on that, too. But he, he got to that $100 million by, you know, by just uh, imposing himself in that place and having that confidence by courting attention at all costs. Law number six. Then he gets into law 16. Use absence to increase respect and honor. And an example of that is the king one time said to his, said to his advisor, why do I not see you more often? To which the advisor replied, the words, why have I not seen you more often are sweeter to my ears than why are you here again? Again, very gangster. Law number 31, control the options. Get others to play with the cards you have dealt. Kind of self-explanatory and he gets it into it there. Uh, law number 28, enter action with boldness. Part of your weapons arsenal and advantage is not just what you actually have, but it's what your enemy perceives you to have or believes you to have. I'm going to put this in a weird kind of a metaphor or allegory type format in that let's say you're up on a rooftop or you're doing something at a high altitude and uh, a piece of paper rolls by you or a bramble bush or something like that blows by you and it spooks you. You think it's a dog and you kind of, kind of jump and you end up jumping off the roof. So what actually ended up causing you to die is that piece of paper that you assumed or perceived to be a dog and it was just a piece of paper, right? So you got to reflect on that. The same thing in that when, you know, you're, you you have an opponent or an adversary, you know, and you're going to go into conflict with them. Yeah, they're going to know what you have. They can see your artillery and your hardware, but you want to put it in a position where they perceive you to have more than you actually do have. And at that point in time, it's going to be way to your advantage as far as strategy and the way you approach this uh this challenge this adversary then he gets into law 29 which is planned all the way to the end again explained well on this video clip enough respect to conor mcgregor Welcome to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. I like to cover topics from ancient history, great leaders and generals from the past, and I also like to talk about self-realization, truth, critical thinking, and strategic spirituality. Outside the box, nonconformist. I'm here to shatter the myths of the mainstream media and the beta sheeple narrative. My email address is alphamalebuddhist at gmail.com. My website is alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com. My Instagram is alphamalebuddhist. And check out my YouTube channel, Alpha Male Buddhist, and that's on YouTube. It is the podcast accompanied with video clips and 
that integrate exactly with the podcast so it's motivational and inspirational. I also have promotional t-shirts. If you go to my website, alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com, you can see the promotional t-shirts there. Reach out to me. Also, if you have any show notes or any suggestions that you would like to hear on the podcast, just reach out and see if I can get that done. I've been getting some really great emails and feedback from my listeners, which is great. So I want to thank you for listening and namaste.